The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, we are talking all things habits and hacks to uplevel your life. Happy Sunday, everyone. Thank you so much for coming back and joining me for another episode. I hope that you've had a nice week. I hope that you've had a good weekend. And I hope that you've had a really good start to the month of May. Now, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I noticed it. And some of you in the Facebook group noticed it, but we started May the first day on a Monday. And for some reason, that just felt good. I feel like the month is aligned. I feel like it's going to be a good month and I'm excited for it. At the time of this podcast also dropping, I will still be in the Gold Coast and I'm so excited about it because I've been looking forward to this since I booked it and I feel like I will be coming back relaxed and ready to get into the new week tomorrow. Now, every Sunday, I like to check in. I like to catch up with you guys. I like to know what's going on in your world. And so you can hold some space for your highlights, gratitudes and struggles Or you can come in the Facebook group tomorrow when I'll put up a post and you can leave your stuff or you can leave your thoughts in there, not stuff. And the reason that I want to encourage you to do that is because it does firstly count as journaling. So if you are doing that frequently and you do it every week, you can say that you're journaling. And it also means that I get to read and like play along and catch up and, you know, see when you guys are celebrating your birthdays or celebrating your weddings or I don't know, you you share your struggles and things like that. It just helps me build that relationship with you. Now, obviously, I'm going to give you mine. Hold space for yours. You can even chat about it to whoever you're sitting next to or if you're going to catch up with friends or a partner or family today, you can even talk about theirs with them as well. But let's get into mine. So I'm going to start with struggle because that's what I usually do. But this time, I actually don't have a struggle. (laughs) And I wanted just to put this in here because I obviously more often than not do have a struggle and I just feel like at this particular point in time right now heart is very full heart is happy I've come off the back of a really lovely weekend it was very very full on though and so for me right now I'm just like vibing and I think because I've got the Gold Coast to look forward to I'm recording this on Tuesday and I leave on Thursday I'm just kind of yeah, in a really like Zen spot. So my gratitude is absolutely the trip coming up <laughs> to the Gold Coast. I haven't had a break since when's the last break I went on Noosa in 2021. I think in January, if some of you were following me then, you would have seen that I went to Noosa on a little solo trip for a week. And that's the last time I really took a break. Some of you listening are going to be like, what do you mean? We always see you on a plane. And yes, I travel quite a bit for my work. I used to travel quite a bit for my old job, but the Gold Coast, I'm, I'm going there for work on Friday. We've got the photo shoot and then I'm staying the Saturday and Sunday just to chill. And I'm really proud of myself for doing that because I need a break. I need some downtime and I'm glad that I have a job that allows me that and that I can take some time out and I have someone to look after Franklin, my parents, thank you, mom and dad. And I can just relax and kind of enjoy those couple of days, get some R&R. And then my other gratitude I've got too is just the time with my family. So I had a bridal shower on the weekend. So my cousin's getting married in Europe in August and the bride is marrying my cousin. So she's marrying into our family and it was her bridal shower. And it was just a beautiful day. We played so many fun games and yeah, yummy food, good quality time. And my heart was really full. And then my highlight is I had a date on Sunday morning and it was literally the best date I've ever had. And I'll explain why, because 
we went to the dog park every fortnight. There's like this sausage dog play date that we, well, that I tried to take Franklin to because he loves other sausage dogs. And I told him that I was going, he's like, Oh, I'll come with you. Like, I really want to meet Franklin and then we'll go get breakfast after. And it was just so wholesome. And I wanted to cry like from happiness because I haven't ever really had someone take like that much interest in something that I like doing or want to kind of become a part of my life like that. And it was just really nice and a beautiful dating experience. And yeah, it was like a 10 out of 10 morning and I just loved it so much. So that's kind of where I'm at. And I think that's why I'm in such a good mood today. But guys, we're going to get into the show. Enough shit talking from me. The show is going to run like this. We're going to talk about why I love habits and how they work. I'm also going to talk about why we struggle with habits. I'm going to tell you how to build them and give you some practical tips because that's my favorite thing to do on here. And then we have a couple of listener questions. Well, we have three, not two, but I'm excited to do this show because I don't know if you guys watch my YouTube. Some of you listening might also be part of the YouTube community. April, even March, even February, now that I think about it, I was really struggling with certain habits. And I feel like since quitting my job in September last year, some of my good habits have gone out the window. And some of those include things like snoozing my alarm a little bit later. I used to be a a very early morning girly. Some of you might remember procrastinating. scrolling a lot more than usual. My screen time is fucked. And even going to bed at a decent time, I've noticed my sleep schedule has also slowly gone out the window. And so I feel like I kind of need this episode. (laughs) And when I put it into the categories or for you guys to vote on it, I was so happy that you voted for it. So thank you. Now, I do want to quickly touch on habit versus routine because some of you might remember I did an episode on routine. That episode is number 15. You can go back and listen to that. If you like this episode, I would recommend obviously listening to that as well if you haven't, but habits and routine are different. And that is because habits are something that you do very unconsciously without thinking about it, right? It's a repeated unconscious action. A routine is a more regular conscious effort. So it's a set of habits coming together and you can absolutely turn your behavior into a habit by adding it into a routine. And I'm going to give you an example because I feel like this might make it easier to understand. But an example of a habit is waking up and checking your phone. The first thing that you do. I do that, by the way. I'm not shaming anybody if you do that. Versus waking up, having a coffee, making your bed and then checking the phone. That's more of a routine because there's like a set kind of structure that you follow there. Habits can form with or without us paying any attention or with or without us giving it intention, whether we are aware of it or not. And they can become so deeply ingrained in us, which makes it very hard for us to break them or change them or implement new ones. I'm here to tell you though, the good thing is that with some conscious effort and with some conscious action, you can absolutely change a habit if it's not serving you or change something in your life if you want to change it. And I would say if there are things that you want to alter to work towards your goals or improve your lifestyle, then this episode is for you. Now, I personally love having good habits. And I think when I have productive habits that serve me and help me kind of live a life that feels good, I feel better for it. And I think I've even seen in the last couple of months, it's been frustrating seeing some of those slip from my grip when I had them down pat and I am excited to obviously share what I'm going to share today. So habits, how they are built is actually through repetition. 
both good habits and bad habits. And it has a lot to do with the habit loop, which I'm going to teach you about now. So if you are walking, not if you're driving or if you're at home, quickly just Google the habit loop so you can get the picture up on the screen. If you're driving, I want you just to imagine like a circle and The habit loop became very popular after Charles Duhigg recognized it in his book, The Power of Habit. There are three parts to it. So if you can imagine almost like a circle at the top, you have the cue around clockwise, you've got the behavior and then keep going clockwise. You've got the reward and then the loop just repeats. Now I'm going to explain each part of the habit loop. So the cue, which is also known as the reminder or the trigger is what prompts your behavior. Now, there are a few categories that a cue can fall into. It might be the time, say like morning or night. It might be your location. It might be your emotional state. It might be the people around you that trigger you, or it might be the last action that you took. And I'll give you an example. You might be in the thick of a breakup and you might be feeling sad, which is your emotional state, and that prompts you to check up on your ex. Or you may have just gone to the bathroom and that prompts you to go and wash your hands. So that's like your last action. It's the very first thing to trigger the habit. Moving on in the loop, you've got the behavior. So this is the habit. It is the feeling of being bored back at the queue and then scrolling on social media to occupy yourself. Or it's the feeling of being stressed. And so instead of taking a few deep breaths to relax yourself, you grab your vape or you have a ciggy instead, right? Again, I'm not shaming you if you've got any of the habits that I'm talking about. I have some of them as well. The habit or the behavior can be very conscious. You can be aware of it or it can even be something less conscious. So if you are someone who maybe struggles with anxiety or feels nerves, you might have that cue, feeling that anxiousness or feeling those nerves. And then your behavior might be to bite your nails or to pick your nails or to pick your skin. And that can almost be a very unconscious behavior. Now, what happens is over time, when the cue and the habit repeat, the routine becomes solidified because of repetition. And the reason that it does that is because often we get we are getting a reward from whatever habit we are implementing. And so the reward is the last part of the loop and it is what the behavior does for you or doesn't do for you, right? It reinforces and it helps kind of lock that habit in. And this is totally fine if it's a good habit and it benefits you and it makes you feel good. But I'll give you some more examples so that you can kind of understand the loop in action, but it's like feeling tired is your cue, having a coffee is your behavior, and then typically your reward after that is that you feel better. Maybe it's waking up as your cue, you make your bed as your behavior, and then you're feeling achieved after that, so that's your outcome or your reward. Obviously, less beneficial rewards can also reinforce habits that you don't want to keep, and maybe... I'll give you some examples of that as well. I'm trying to think of ones that I've had in the past where maybe I felt, I don't know, sad or like things are out of control. And then I've gone and done online shopping <laughs> to make myself feel better. I did that quite a bit in lockdown. And yes, I might maybe felt better for a split second, but then afterwards I didn't feel that good about it. A lot of the time it's a short-term feeling that makes us feel better. And some other examples I can think of are like stalking exes, texting exes. When you're sad, yes, it might help you feel better for a split second, but in the long term, is that really serving you? Obviously, we're going to talk about this a little bit more in the how. And I just wanted you to understand kind of the way or like the behind the scenes of habits, because I think we can be so hard on ourselves and we can want to make all these changes. But if we don't really understand what's happening in the background or at a subconscious level, it can be really hard to implement those changes and make that next step. 
And so this is also why habits are so hard to break. And if you don't have awareness around them, habits thrive on making things happen without us having to think. It wants us in autopilot. And that's why I think consciously intervening, consciously taking action is not something that comes naturally and is why it is so hard to break them. Old habits, you know that saying, old habits die hard. That's why there is that saying. They are hard to shake and the more productive habits are often really hard to implement. And so I'm going to give you my top tips. And if you are having a habit in mind that you're wanting to implement or change, then hopefully you get something out of this. My first tip, is awareness. And I think I speak about this so much on this podcast, but we just need to create awareness around it. And I always say, do it with compassion, do it with kindness, because we're not coming at ourselves from a place of critique or criticism or that nasty energy. We just want to take note, stock take of our current situation. And I would say, pay attention to your current habits and pick one that you want to change, just one. And if you're struggling with this, what I would say is look at the current areas of your life and see, are there any areas that are causing you a little bit of discomfort or a little bit of tension or problem areas that you want to work on? If that doesn't work for you, the other thing that you can do is just writing down your daily actions and seeing what habits are in there. Just taking note for the next week of what you tend to do day to day. And that is, again, to create that awareness. My second tip is to assess each of these habits. Now, it is looking at your behavior with compassion and looking at your behavior with kindness. What habits do you want to keep? What habits serve you? What habits make you feel good? What habits do you actually enjoy? What habits aren't serving you? What are the ones that you're wanting to change? It is really mindfully looking at why you engage in certain behavior or habits, especially the ones that aren't serving you. And If we go back to the habit loop, it's looking at those cues and then looking at what you do or don't get out of it. And I think that's a really fascinating element of it too. It's like sometimes we partake in habits that don't serve us because it might subconsciously like protect us from certain things. So really being honest, really being compassionate. And it's also looking at why you want to make the changes. So just outlining that. And you could do this In your head, you could do this in a journal. You could do this by talking about it with somebody if you want to have like an accountability buddy. I also want to add, and I was going to put this at the end, but I want to put it in now. There is an element here of addiction, which is a habit as well, right? And I think when habit is part of addiction or there are other serious mental health conditions that habit is playing a part in, The best way to get that help or to get that change is with professional help. And I would urge you to check the show notes if you are resonating with that. I just wanted to obviously add that in there as well, because I know some of us listening, we might be battling with that. The third tip is to attach the new habit that you are wanting to work on to an existing behavior or habit that you already do or change the habit in the habit loop. So there are a couple of strategies in which you can implement changes to your habits and habit stacking, which is the strategy from James Clear and his book, Atomic Habits. So I think I've recommended this book a few times, either in the Facebook group or on the podcast, but it's a book about everything you need to know with habits. And I've read it, I don't know how many times. And I think My Sydney ex has my copy of it and I never repurchased it. So I do need to repurchase the book. But it is 
connecting a new habit to an existing one. And I'll give you some examples. For me, I stacked my journaling to having my breakfast. A lot of you will see when I have breakfast, I usually do a journal session and that's something that works for me. Maybe it's taking a walk before you have dinner. You want to attach the walk to before you have your meal time. Maybe you want to meditate. So you might add that to the couple of minutes after you have your coffee in the morning or five minutes before you go to bed. It's attaching it to something you already do successfully so that it sets you up for success. Now, we spoke about the habit loop earlier and the cue would always stay the same. What happens is we want to have a replacement for that habit or that behavior. And we want to make sure that whatever habit or behavior we're picking to replace it, it still gives us a a good outcome or a good reward. We want to keep the cue the same and replace the habit. And I think some examples, instead of texting your ex, and I think I've given examples like this before, it's maybe texting your friend instead. It's going for a walk. It might be doing a journal session. It's changing what you do in that moment when you feel that cue so that you can feel better afterwards. Another example that's not related to dating, but maybe you have a habit of scrolling on your phone a lot. That's me. I'll put my hand up. Instead of scrolling at night, you might want to dedicate maybe five minutes to reading a couple of pages of your book and starting really small and implementing that instead. Still having some time to scroll, but then still making sure you're prioritizing something else if reading is something that you really want to do. The idea here is to use a strategy that works for you so that you can change the habits you want to change. And I'll say, play around with it as well. I think for me, habit stacking works the best because I'm very good at kind of like adding things in (laughs) to my already existing routine. And I also like the other element of just doing something for a couple of minutes or Maybe you're not committing to like reading the whole book, like that small element so that you can start that uh, practice happening. Obviously, not everyone will like the same strategy either. So making sure that you find what works for you and playing around with it, like I said. Tip number four is probably one of the most important ones, but it is be realistic. And I just touched on it, but start small. I say this all the time, you know, pick one thing and then stick with that. See how you go. And what I'm going to do is at the end of this, well, hopefully by the time this episode is live, I'm going to put up a post in the group, a specific post, not for this episode, but just for the topic of habits. And I want you to come in and just put the habit, the one habit that you're working on for May into the Facebook group so that we can keep each other accountable. Because I definitely, obviously in the prep for this episode, and even just thinking about the habits that I've had over the last couple of months, I've thought there are lots of stuff lots of things that I want to change and I don't want to overwhelm myself either so I'm going to pick one and work on it this month with all of you at the same time but pick one and go from there be really specific be really honest with yourself and be really realistic with yourself I think telling yourself that you're going to start exercising two times a day for like two hours a day every day this week is really unrealistic and biting off more than you can chew I've said it so many times on here, but taking one small step in the right direction, 1% every day adds up and it's powerful because what that does is it teaches you that you can do the behavior that you're telling yourself that you can do. And there's also the other element here of scheduling it in and making time for it and making sure it actually does work with your routine. And I think even in some of the questions I got for the episode, some people were struggling to 
add certain things into their schedule because they were really busy or have like 13 hour work days or have to commute like three hours back and from work. And so you really just want to make sure that what you're implementing is working for you and your circumstances. And I think we're all going to have very different habits. We're all going to have very different lifestyles as well. And what works for me might not work for you, but I still think we can have that element of keeping each other accountable and working together as a community. There is another tip from the Atomic Habits book, and it is the two-minute rule, which says that if you can break the habit down into a small enough chunk that it can be accomplished in two minutes or less, you're more likely to do it as well, which I kind of spoke about before. Maybe it's two minutes of reading the book, or maybe it's instead of doing a full workout, you just go for a walk around the block. It is trying to break it down into a way that is achievable and actually means you're more likely to get it done. And as I said, it just teaches you that you can keep your word to yourself. It teaches you that you can keep that commitment to yourself. And in a way that builds self-trust and that self-confidence as well. And then my very last tip here is to know your why. And I mentioned that a little bit in tip two, but your why is so personal, so deeply personal to you and only you. I can't give you a why. I can't tell you my whys because my why is going to be different to yours. Although mine, a lot of my why is just to make sure I'm feeling good and living a life that makes me feel happy and, you know, makes me feel like, yeah, I'm where I'm meant to be. But I think what I'm talking about there is intrinsic motivation. And I feel like that can be really powerful, especially while you are trying to implement a new habit. It can be what you remind yourself of when you are struggling. And as I said, it can help you implement and change the habit. And I think it's also a reminder just to work towards at being better at whatever it is that you are wanting to be better at rather than being perfect. And we are humans. And I think I say that a lot, like perfection, we don't have to aim to be perfect in all of our habits, but if we are just trying our best, that is all that we can ask for. So take that pressure off, take the unrealistic standards off and focus on your why. And if you don't know what your why is, I would say the best way to probably figure that out is to just have some space for yourself just to sit there. Maybe you do want to journal, maybe you want to think about it in your mind, but think about what how your life would feel or how you would feel if you were implementing all the habits that you wanted to implement. So if you look at your current situation and you see all the things that you want to change and you then imagine like that perfect situation where everything is feeling good and you're ticking all the boxes and doing all the habits that you want to do, how do you feel then? How does that make you feel? What does that look like? A lot of the time that can be the why. And I would say, make sure that your why is internal and personal to you and not for anybody else and not because it will look better for others or will look a certain way to society or will look a certain way on social media. If it's for you and coming from within, it's a lot stronger and it will be able to last a lot longer as well. All right, guys, as I said, I'm going to put a post up that I want you to share your habit. And I think if we all just pick one for the month of May, it'll help us stay accountable and we can discuss our strategies and just share that in the group together. But we've got a couple of listener questions, which I'm going to get into as well before we wrap the show. The first one, how do I stop gravitating to my phone when I am bored and I need to focus on my uni work? And 
I feel like this, I, I did go to uni guys. I'm a little bit far away from that now, but I fully understand. And I think even if I think back to my high school days or sometimes even now, if I'm doing something, I can get very distracted very easily, especially if it's a task that I don't particularly like doing. And I think this is a perfect example of where we can try the two minute rule or try breaking up your uni work into smaller portions so that you can keep your focus. Now, I'm not entirely sure if this is happening while you're at uni or maybe you're at home and then doing your uni work. But for me, and I've noticed this, even when I worked corporate world or even when I'm doing like whatever task I'm doing, my ability to stay focused on the same thing maybe lasts about 35, 40 minutes. And I don't know if that's from high school days when like the classes or the periods would like run on that time schedule. But my focus after that goes out the window. And so what I usually do is doesn't matter what I'm doing, whether it's like emails or editing or doing something, I try to just schedule like a 45 minute block And then I give myself a break after that, like a five minute block to scroll on my phone or go for a walk or do something else. And I feel like that implementing something like that or a strategy like that might be more helpful for you. I've got some other tips and feel free to try these. I don't know if you already do this or not, but the first one is to turn off your notifications. Now, I don't have my notifications on for any of the social media apps that I'm on. I don't have anything on for TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. I just have my emails on, but turning off your notifications might be a good way to stop that instant kind of feeling of, oh my God, I have to check my phone. So-and-so text me or so-and-so commented or like this or did whatever. I know it might be hard, especially if you haven't turned it off in the past or if you have your notifications on right now, but it could be a chance to use that do not disturb feature. Right now, my phone's on do not disturb. I always have it on do not disturb when I'm in the podcast studio, but I would say start turning it off while you're at uni. Start turning it on, sorry, while you're at uni or start turning it on just for that 45 minute block and then turning it off when you're out of that and able to scroll. The next tip is a little bit harsh, more severe, but it's actually putting your phone in another room, literally getting it out of sight, out of mind. And I know that might be full on, but sometimes the Band-Aid approach works just again, uh, while you're in that habit of the repetition and trying to build the new habit, it might be the way for you. Obviously, I did mention the time blocking already. I don't know what your time blocking might look like or what might feel good for you. So if you want to try with like a half an hour session first and then give yourself five minutes to scroll, try that out. Go easy on yourself and try to see what works. I feel like it is a little bit about balance and it is a little bit about being honest with yourself because obviously... Having been at uni myself, I know sometimes you have to prioritize your work, you have to prioritize your study, especially if you've got assignments and things like that due. And so if you do have that, making sure that like, yeah, you are actually scheduling in time to get it done. And while you're doing that, you're not touching the phone. While you're doing that, the phone's not in the room or the phone's off or the phone has notifications turned off or is on do not disturb. But good luck to this listener. I would love to know if anyone else also struggles with this. And if you have any tips to share with this listener, come and join us in the group and let us know because I'm obviously not sharing every single tip or hack here, but there might be some other ones that you have which might help this listener out too. Question number two, how do I get back into routine? And this was the most asked question out of everyone that submitted a question in the question box yesterday. And 
I feel like I could have written this myself as well because I have been struggling and I obviously told you guys that, but I think there's also an element here and maybe it's just like, I don't know, a change of seasons or a winter thing or a Melbourne thing. I don't know how many of you listen in other states, but Melbourne winter is definitely coming. The weather has has been a little bit better, but it has been getting colder. And I feel like my motivation and my routine takes a hit in the colder months as well. And so I think there might be that element of it at play. But back to this question, I believe that it goes back to the how that I gave this listener. And I would say starting with awareness, becoming aware of what it is that you want to get back into routine with, what habit you are wanting to work on. And I would say identify the most important habit that you want. Don't try to go back and think, oh my God, I need to drink more water. I need to go to bed at the same time every night. I need to make my bed every day. I need to do five workouts a week. I need to walk every day. I need to make sure I eat this. I need, don't go back and do that. Pick one, pick the most important one that you feel is the most important one to you. And then slowly, realistically implement that. You might be trying the habit stacking. You might be trying the two minute rule. Some other things that have helped me in the past are scheduling it in. So literally putting it in your calendar, making time for it. That means you're making the space for it. That means you're setting yourself up for success. Again, making sure it works with the rest of your schedule, the rest of your routine. I know for a lot of us, or for me anyway, when I've struggled in the past, I feel like I've let things slip from my routine because I don't have enough time in the day. And usually that means that I need to get up a little bit earlier But if I'm going to bed really late, how am I going to get up really early? It's just a chicken and egg situation, right? And so I think if you are someone who struggles with that, maybe your habit is just working on getting to bed at the same time every night or going to bed a little bit earlier every night, really simplifying it. I will say, start small and be really, really realistic. You know, don't commit. If you can't commit to an hour workout or an hour session, do a 10 minute walk. Some of you guys might even see me when I go to the gym. Sometimes I only have half an hour to get my workout done. And I just try and do as much as I can in that half an hour session, because for me, something is better than nothing. And I'm always feeling better as long as I go. And it goes for any other habits as well. If you can't commit to reading a whole book, maybe you're just reading 10 pages a night, or maybe you're reading five pages, three times a week. Start small in a way that you feel like you'll be able to achieve it. Something is always better than nothing and sticking to a schedule, even if it's not perfect, will still help you and you will still feel better and that sense of accomplishment by starting to do that. And if it goes really well, if you have that one focus for the coming month in June, add in another habit, add in another bit of routine that you can work on and then you'll slowly start to see that success start to snowball and you have that consistency again. And then our last question is, I try to set goals to build habits, but when I don't hit those goals or my habits slip, my guilt spirals. And I'm sending this listener a big hug because it can be really disheartening when you set goals for yourself or when you have plans or ambitions or habits that you want to hit. And it can be really frustrating and really upsetting when you don't hit those goals. But I think this is just a reminder that we are human. We're not perfect. We're never going to be perfect. It's really important that we don't make that mean something bad about ourselves. Okay. It doesn't mean that you're a failure because you didn't hit these goals or your habits slipped. I also like to think of in these questions, even when I have like the same thing happen to me, if we look at like the most successful people in the world, 
those like top 1% of people in their field, whether it's elite athletes, CEOs, whoever it is, they fail too. <laughs> they let their habits slip. You don't think that they're, they don't do that. They're not perfect all the time. But I think the difference is between what they do and what we do is that they don't give up. Like they keep going and that's what has made them so successful. They keep going and they try again and they don't let failure stop them from trying again. And what I would really urge this listener to do is to like take a step back and really like strip it back and simplify it and try to see why you aren't having the success or you feel like you're not hitting the goals. Are you maybe biting off more than you can chew? Maybe you're trying to overhaul too many things at once. And I think if you can simplify it, go back to the start and pick just one thing to work on, you'll be able to go from there. I think it's also a nice timely reminder to be compassionate on yourself. And I think with a lot of the stuff that we talk about on here, a lot of it is self-development. A lot of it is inner work. Sometimes we might want to be really harsh and like push ourselves to the extreme, but that's not helpful. That's not what I'm about. That's not what this podcast is about. You are human. You don't need to be perfect. I don't need to be perfect. I'm certainly not. And it's a reminder that your best is enough. Okay, and so start small, be kind to yourself and make it realistic. I think you'll have some more success. I also want to say again, if you are struggling with any kind of habits and any kind of addiction or serious mental health issues, please check the show notes for that professional mental health support because this show is not a replacement for it. But guys, we are going to wrap the show there. I really loved recording this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as well. If you loved it, please go back and listen to episode 15 on routines. And if you loved it, come and join the Facebook group because there'll be a thread for it. We can discuss everything there. And I want to know what habit you're working on for the next month too. As always, have a great week ahead. I hope that you're doing something kind for yourself something nice for yourself, something relaxing for yourself. And if you're not already, follow us on Instagram, your safe space pod. Follow me at Adele Marie. Leave us a review on Apple and a rating on Spotify. And I'll see you guys next time. And don't forget, tag us in your story while you're listening. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.